The Talking Point on SAFM. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Oliver Dixon on SAFM. It is 8 minutes after 11. Thank you so much for sticking with us here on The Talking Point. My name is Oliver Dixon, standing in for Kathy Mutlatana on the show today. You've missed a, quite an insightful show if you're only joining us now, but don't don't despair. A really important and equally uh, as, as critical a conversation is coming up in this hour. We're going to be speaking about uh, two years later after a landmark judgment came out also known as the Tafelberg Social Housing Judgment uh, from the Western Cape High Court two years ago. So, yeah, so here's what happened. The provincial government in the Western Cape had state-owned, I guess, state-owned land, provincial-owned, provincial government-owned land um, in the Tafelberg area that they sold to uh, a, private, a, a private Jewish school for 150-plus million rand. A activist organization and activists uh, took, um, you know, issue with that, and uh, an organization called Reclaim the City formed out of that controversy and out of their activism against that, and they said, no, this should be designated for social housing. This should be de- designated for uh, particularly low-cost social housing especially considering the gentrification that's been taking place in Woodstock um, and, and, and Salt River. And with the help of uh, Ndifunukwazi, they took uh, the provincial government as well as the city of Cape Town to court. At the time, the mayor was Helen Ziller. Um, at, the, at the time, the premier was Helen Ziller. And they won. Um, the city and the provincial government seeked to appeal parts of their judgment. Part of it, and the critical part of that appeal, was just dismissed. Uh, the court maintained that the provincial government has a primary constitutional mandate to ensure that land has been designated for social housing and that there are concomitant programs attached to that to ensure that social housing comes about, especially given uh, the history of spatial inequality uh, in South Africa and in the Western Cape in particular. Um, And I guess the provincial government there was forced by the courts uh, to come up with initiatives. Um, and also to audit the amount of land they own and to designate some of that land for social housing, an equitable amount of that land to be designated for social housing. Um, and so joining us for this conversation is the spokesperson of Ndifunukwazi, Boy, as well as um, one of the activists from Reclaim the City, Karen Hendricks. Now, it's important to note that we reached out to the government of the Western Cape and they said that they're they're engaged today and that they can't participate. Ironically, every time anyone reaches out to them, they're somehow preoccupied to comment on this, <laughs> except when they have a message to deliver, such as, hey, look, we're 800 social housing units will be available pretty soon. Uh, we wanted to stress test the veracity of that and really ask tough questions about their timeline. But, Bukhle, is it true? Has anything moved? Has the city of Cape Town and the provincial government really initiated initiatives that resulting, that's resulting in 800 social housing units becoming available? Um, thank you very much uh, for that question. Um, we were seemingly um, caught in, in a very uh, public uh, conversation by, or rather, a really performative uh, public appearances by the provincial government, the city of Cape Town, 
telling us that they are missing parts of land um, to 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 build and develop them for for social housing. Um, and in almost all those other parts of land, and I could go back to five years ago when the provincial when the city of Cape Town, um, I mean, released eleven sites, and in those sites there's there's no development that has gone up. I mean, most of those sites, um, and. We we can't keep celebrating very hollow victories um, of the sort of Cape Town thing that that missing parts of land, but there's nothing actually going up um, on those parts of, of of land because what you you, you want um, to see happening is that the material conditions um, yeah. of people on the ground, people that need to access housing, people that have been excluded out of the inner to get housing, um, and not a ceremonial release of land that is really meaningless to people that are in need of a shelter. Um, so, 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 so that's what is at the core um, of, of this type of big judgment, yeah. um, rather of this type of big case. Um, to say that a lot of public public land, but for development, develop, it's not enough that, that it is unlocked, but there must be development. And again, uh, this, this, this stands out uh, from quite a lot of years um, you have domestic workers in Seapoint who are still today subjected to body corporate rules. Some of them can, cannot stay with their families in their flats, in their domestic uh, quarters. Yeah. Uh, so they cannot stay with their families. And they've been saying for many years that um, we need housing um, in, 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 in this Seapoint. And that, that has been the call, and there's, no, there's been no leadership at all um, mm. from Premier Alameda, but his. Uh, opted to stay in the line of him and Zile of saying that, you know, they have no obligation uh, to visit with special apartheid. Um So that's, that's, that's at the heart um, that working class people um, should be in, 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 in housing. Um, yeah. Yeah. The previous mayor of the city of Cape Town, um, uh, you know, spoke a lot about the city's efforts towards uh, enabling, you know, social, um, sp- spatial uh, justice. Uh, and I always ask the question, um, does the city of Cape Town understand truly what spatial justice is? And maybe at large, does South Africa understand what spatial justice is? Um, especially uh, people who live with the convenience of being close to work and, 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 and social amenities, right? Can't quite grasp that particular concept. Um, and and I don't think Patricia DeLille at the time truly understood what that meant either. Karen, let's start here with you. What is spatial justice? So, spatial justice is when uh, people who were historically displaced or who were dispossessed of land because uh, of the color uh, and also because uh, of the the class uh, are, uh, are are given uh, the the opportunity uh, to live in well located uh, areas yeah so spatial justice isn't just a fact of history right in south africa in cape town it seems to be part of the contemporary social condition um given the gentrification in salt river and woodstock how bad was that so 
Yes. So, so all of that has really been bad uh, because uh, since uh, Woodstock, for example, was declared an urban uh, regeneration zone back in 2007, and uh, many of these buildings uh, that people lived in uh, or worked in, in Woodstock and Salt River, were sold to private developers. And that pushed uh, the locals out or the people who lived in this area out because they couldn't afford to uh, rent uh, property or rent housing in the area uh, any longer because of the high rise uh, in in rentals. Uh, and that is what caused uh, the gentrification. Yeah. And uh, for a number of years, uh, since uh, 2007, uh, this is what uh, people have been experiencing. People have been experiencing displacement. People have been experiencing evictions, and evictions that are still going on at the moment um, because of gentrification. But uh, it's more than that, Oliver. Um, it's also got a lot to do with um, the opportunity uh, for housing. Uh, there is uh, no opportunities uh, for people uh, who are living in these areas. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. It's because exactly uh, five years ago, uh, there were 11 sites that were earmarked for affordable housing uh, that were earmarked in the Woodstock, Salt River, and greater uh, inner city area. And uh, to date, uh, there has been no housing built. But then uh, there's also the other part of it, and that is that uh, citizens or citizens who were affected by this gentrification or who were evicted uh, from housing, rental housing in the area, um, the, the big question is how do we participate in the decision-making, uh, mm, the, mm. the policy-making and development and the delivery of this housing, yeah. uh, since it affects us and since it affects uh, most of the city or the whole city. Yeah, that's that's very important. Bushle, in the Tafelberg judgment, um, the court lambasted the provincial government in the city of Cape Town for selling land without public participation consultations. They didn't even consult with the national government. The court then ordered them to put together a plan of sorts to submit to the court on, 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 on the land audit and social housing initiatives. Was there public participation in the processes of coming up with those plans? Um, so, indeed, um, you're quite correct that um, the court did order that um, the provincial government, the city of Cape Town, um, conduct um, a, a land audit. Um, and by virtue of, I mean, by, 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 by that, um, also, uh, there, should be, there, should be, there should be public participation in these processes um, that government engages in. Um, you'd recall that um even even going before launching the case of Tuffelberg that there were over four thousand people um that had submitted their submissions to say that um they need to stop the sale um of Tuffelberg. The government should not use land as a new commodity but to use right. land for its social value. Um there are over four thousand people that participated in that process. Um and now the court ruled that before the state disposes of any land 
um, it must check with other departments. And it could just be even an issue of, of picking up a call, calling the other department that might use the land um, for, for public services rather than disposing it off to, to, to the highest bidder so that people's needs um, assume precedence um, first over the maximization of, of, of profit on public land. And that land should be viewed um, as, a, as a transformative tool to heal the divisions of the past, um, which is what the provincial government now is resistant um, with um, because they are going to, to the SCA to appeal that they have no uh, obligation to redress special apartheid. And, and, and we find that to be problematic because they're using uh, taxpayers' money um, to 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 challenge this judgment and to be engaged in in in, in years of litigation that do not necessarily serve the people's interests and that's fundamentally uh, problematic. Um, instead of doing that, they yeah. should be developing the site of 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 Tuberbeck and engaging with people um, uh, around the development of that site so that people have views around the developments that are going on in that area so that we don't have other big skyscrapers that are exclusive. Yeah. Um, to people that need housing. I, I, I want us to touch on what you guys make as activists. What do you make of the plan that the city put forward, that the province put forward around social housing? Do you think it is a plan that truly does address uh, the problem or if you think there are deficiencies in it and what those deficiencies are? But I want us to take a quick break. Give us a call. The number is 86 Oliver Dixon on SAFM. Give us a call on 086-000-2032, 086-000-2032. Also send us a WhatsApp voice note on 0614-104-107. And you can also uh, tweet me directly at Oliver underscore speaking on Twitter, Oliver Dixon on Facebook. Uh, we're talking about the Tafelberg social housing judgment two years later. What has changed? What has come about? Has the city of Cape Town, um, you know... Um, honored its constitutional order, um, at least by the court, the high court there, to ensure that land is available for social initiatives, social housing and social projects before profit-driven projects and to ensure that there are social housing programs, especially where those are badly needed and to ensure that public participation is at the center of the imagination of these solutions. So give us a call, 86 and those WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. Let's have a listen at one or two of your WhatsApp voice notes before we go back to our guests. Good morning, SAFM listeners and announcers. My name is Martin, and I'm from Durban. I've just been to Cape Town for a week, and anybody who goes to Cape Town and sees what has been done in Cape Town by the DA. Cannot that help understand that this is the way South Africa could actually be? Come to Durban and look at what's going on here. Compare Durban with Cape Town. I'm not even talking about driving down West Street or Smith Street and all these squatter camps that proliferate everywhere. And, you know, it, it's quite sickening the way radio um, commentators and so-called experts are called in and uh, criticizing the DA for this, that, the other, like this morning now with regards to um, more land and so on. But if you drive through Cape Town, you drive in the roads. I've never seen a road like this in Durban. 
I mean, I live uh, off the M7. And it's absolutely pathetic the way this, the, the whole of KwaZulu-Natal has just gone to the dogs. And then you see people like you sniping away at the DA at issues which are really almost irrelevant considering the, the amount of progress that has been taking place there. Look, Martin, I love driving through Camps Bay. I love driving through Fresnay and Seapoint. Absolutely beautiful areas. It, 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 it is a reflection of what could be, right? It's a reflection of the unfettered privilege of this country. I hate driving through Felipe. Absolutely hate driving to, through Langa. Because that's a reflection of the abject and absolute failure of the Democratic Alliance. Maybe check your privilege a little bit. Maybe drive through the areas, Martin, where it's not so nice. And you'll see that most of Cape Town is not so different from KwaZulu-Natal. It's all but the same. Do you want to reflect on that, Butler? Yes, um, indeed. I, I, find, I find that to be very disturbing, um, particularly because uh, the demographics um, of, of Western Cape and particular Cape Town, a city that continues to be characterized by its violent history of, 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 of apartheid. Um, it's only a few um, that get to experience um, the nice parts of Cape Town, um, the rules without portals. Um, but for the majority of Cape Townians, um, the reality, the deep reality is portals lack of access to water in, 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 in the informal settlements, um, and people um, just generally not, not, not having access um, to the inner city um, because of its exclusionary nature. Um, so again, it's, 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 it's an issue of, of privilege. Um, it's those that have access, it's those that have money um, that can speak uh, and glorify um, 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 Cape Town. Go to a high nature. Um, people are staying without, 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 without basic services, without yeah. toilets, without running water. And that's the, the reality. For a, for, for a street light that is damaged in Kailicha, it takes over a month for it to be fixed. But you go to town, it takes an hour for that street light to be fixed. It's an issue of privilege. It's, 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 it's what we're trying to, 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 to say to the government. It must address. It cannot yeah. be that social amenities in Cape Town are enjoyed by a few. I mean, the majority still um, stay in, in squalor. It cannot be. It's not a normal state of affairs. Yeah. Karen, do you want to reflect on that briefly? Yeah, I, I just want to um, say to the, 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 the listener or the caller, I just want to say to him that the whole of Cape Town faces uh, this housing crisis. Cape Town is in a housing crisis. Um, and also, it is absolutely true that Bukhle, as you said there, he hasn't rode through um, the, the poorer areas, or at least he hasn't rode through um, uh, areas like Kanicha or the cut flats, uh, where people were relocated to, where people were uh, uh, pushed to uh, during a puppet. And... Uh, and and he's only seeing uh, the bright lights of the inner city. Um, he has to take a good look, even at the inner city. There is homelessness in the yeah. inner city too, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, so I don't know. Um, uh, perhaps uh, his week-long visit in Cape Town um, 
was 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 really a, a, a visit uh, of uh, to 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 come and come and have a, a good time in Cape Town. But uh, we know for the fact that uh, the DA is the government uh, in Cape Town. Uh, the DA is the local government, uh, and we know that uh, the DA uh, should. Uh, be building an inclusive city like they say they are. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and this inclusive city should not just be for a few, but it should be for all its people. Yeah. Give us a call. The number is 086-000-2032, 086-000-2032. Or you can send us a WhatsApp voice note uh, on the WhatsApp line, 0614 Tweet me at Oliver underscore speaking. It is Oliver Dixon on Facebook. Let's take your headlines with Mpositol. It has just gone half, uh, it's just after half past 11 this morning and you are listening to The Talking Point. We're talking about social housing uh, in Cape Town. Has the city of Cape Town and the provincial government of the Western Cape done anything since the Tafelberg judgment of 2020? Give us a call on 86 and send us a WhatsApp voice on 0614-104-107. It's really going to take me a while to get used to the new SAFM open line number, but I, I hope I hope you you have you have it jotted down. Uh, let's have a listen to some of your voice notes that's come through on the WhatsApp voice note line. Oliver, I've got two comments regarding um, housing and redressing the past. One is that um, developers can claim. Um, a grant from local government, so your city of Cape Town, for example, for upgrading um, inner cities and the city periphery. And then secondly, the moment you mention affordable housing as part of your project, then developers can access government housing funding. You can check that with Treasury because that is what is happening. And then at the end of the day, when the development is done, then the houses are being rented out to people and they can't own it. Hi, good day, Oliver. Your 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 caller is is definitely sick. He's mad. How can he compare Deben and, and Cape Town? And obviously, you should stop saying uh, DA. It's it's a good, uh, but it's just it will always remain a racist party. DA. That's why most black people are leaving it now, because it's a racist. It's a, it's a, it's a racist party amongst the parties in South Africa. This call of yours is sick. You need to go to the doctor. Wow, wow, wow. Do people live in the road? I'm on my way to Cape Town, Akhailija. People are living like rats here, and they are telling us about the road. Those people, they don't live in the road. They need houses. The, the, the government of, of, of Western Cape is actually making homeless people pay fine for being in the street. Yet they are selling land to the highest bidder. People like Mike from Newlands who come and talk about the insurance companies being asked why they are robbing people. Name man. Uh, good, good, good uh, morning, SFM. Uh, this is Monoa in Cape Town. You know, I live in Yanga. Uh, I just hear you saying that you love driving in Kings Bay, but you hate driving in Philippi. Let me tell you one thing. People in Kings Bay don't throw pee in the road. They don't throw all the dirty stuff in the road. They know where to throw their dirty stuff. In Philippi, Nyanga, Kukule, to Cape Town, everywhere, Langa, 
there are buckets that they're supposed to throw their waste at. They've got uh, what you call beans, but they don't use them. They just use the environment around them. Throw them on the road, throw them everywhere they like. So that's why the roads can be fixed, but uh, uh, they got ruined by the people there. So please don't blame the DA. The DA has been trying so for so many years, but people have been ruining those roads. Thank you. Yeah, but I mean, there are flushing toilets and a functioning sewer system in Camps Bay, hey? Eh? Uh, there's absolutely no way there's going to be sewer running through the streets. Sewer runs through the streets when there is a dysfunctional sewer system. That's why there would be pee and poo in the streets. And that's why it erodes road infrastructure. I mean, can we just as South Africans think a little bit? Just just a little bit. We don't even have to think a lot. Just a little bit. Apply our mind to the situation. The very same government of Helen Zillip at the time subjected people to shack toilets. Shack toilets. And they called that humanity. Nah, come on, man. Thank you so much for those voice notes. Keep them coming in on 0861-404-107. Butle, what's the, what's the reflection of Indifunokwazi around the plan that was presented by the provincial government around how, on the land audit, do you think that they've done it successfully and completely? And on their solutions for the social housing crisis, as well as the gentrification crisis, coupled with, as one of the voice notes uh, uh, noted, the homelessness crisis, especially given that that government still criminalizes homeless people for being homeless. Mm. Um, so, as 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 in the for for many years, um, we've been saying to the city of Cape Town, to the provincial government, um, that they they must develop a very comprehensive policy that is called inclusionary housing policy, um, to 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 guide and to regulate um, development um, in 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 Cape Town, because you find a situation where the 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 state is giving off parts of land to private property developers and there are no conditions imposed um in those developments. And part of what we are saying is that if you are if you are giving land to private to private property developers, impose a condition to say that you must build this bulk of, of affordable housing so that the developments that are going up in Cape Town are not exclusive developments that cannot be afforded um, by ordinary people. So that's 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 one part of it. Um and as in the Fulukwazi, um to the extent of doing land audits ourselves, we 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 went around we'll be launching what we call a public land map, um, to see what parts of land exist um in Cape Town that are owned um by by by, by, by the public sector. And what are the commitments on those public parts of land? Because it's not enough to, to know which parts of land are there um, when there's no commitment to develop those parts of land for, for housing or any other type of development um, that needs to go up there. Um, and uh, I've been seeing the, the, the provincial government's land audit. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, it's not been taken to people for people to know um, what is happening with public parts of land um, in, in, in Cape Town and, and in, in the province? And on the question of of the city of Cape Town uh, finding homeless people, uh, 
we've continuously said that the city of Cape Town is 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 inhumane. Um, how do you find a person that has no shelter um, over 1.5? And it shows the ideological orientation of the city of Cape Town that they 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 they, they view um, the city centre um, as a place of people that have money um, and not the marginalised um, masses of our people. And again, they're investing a lot of money. Um, I should tell you that. Uh, that they're investing a lot of money in, 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 in security, in certain security directorate, rather than in the in, in, in human settlement, in, in building people's infrastructure. It shows you where they are. It shows you that they, they treat poor people with, with resentment. Um, they, they, they're okay um, with the status quo, with people um, who are poor to stay um, far away from, from the city centre. Um, and again, it's, it's, it's a very problematic use of resources um, that you're funding NIP um, police um, and, 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 and law enforcement officers um, more than money that should be going to, 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 to housing. Um, it's, not, it's, it's not okay. The city of Cape Town should not uh, invest a lot of money in punitive measures. Um, it's okay to be punitive to punish people for the conditions that they didn't make themselves. People are not in the streets because they like to be in the streets. People are not in shakes today because they like to be in shakes. It's because they've been failed. They've fallen in the cracks of this uh, criminal system um, that we're in. And the state should rather be working towards um, uh, uh, redressing um, those, those, those conditions that have not been created by our people, but it's the conditions um, of of, of the state um, and um, the colonial and uh, apartheid era that have created the conditions of people finding themselves in this in this situation. Um, and if there was any commitment um, and any leadership um, by the provincial government and the city of Cape Town, um, they would be working with people to try to solve these this, 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 this issues and use land as a transformative yeah. tool um, and to use... Uh, to use uh, social services um, as, 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 as a transformative tool and not use punitive measures um, on, 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 on people that are marginalized. Yeah, absolutely. Let's take a quick break. On the other side of this, we come back, take some more voice notes and continue the conversation. We continue the conversation. Uh, you can give us a call on 86 um, 86 0002032086000232 but let's take a live read before that uh join SAFM in conversation with the IDC SAFM in conversation with the IDC this week features Lucretia Kumalo who is the divisional executive for client support and growth at the Industrial Development Corporation. Ms. Kumalo will share her insights on the Corporation Black Industrialist Program and the IDC's support for helping broaden the pool of black-owned businesses. For insights on funding and other development matters, join Kathy Motlatlana every Wednesday morning as she chats to the IDC executives. For more information, visit www.idc.co.za, partnering you, growing the economy, developing Africa. Terms and conditions apply. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide, leading the conversation. Give us a call on 86 and a WhatsApp voice note on 0614-104-107. Going back to your voice notes just now, uh, one of the previous voice notes uh, mentioned Mike in Newlands. Very unrelated. 
uh, <laughs> poor Mike and Newlands catching stray bullets. Um, <laughs> why are the listeners so combative, <laughs> bringing personal issues to the radio on unrelated conversations? But let's let's have a listen to some of your voice notes. Oliver, I travel around Philippi, Ottery. Um, I've just come back from uh, Kailicha. Uh, no, I know what's going on. And the roads are fantastic. There are no pothole, potholes. The traffic lights do work. Unfortunately, the trouble is that we are being swamped here by people coming into the Western Cape looking for better opportunities because the other eight provinces run by the ANC have failed. So let's give the DA a little bit of credit on that one and perhaps give the DA a bit more credit as well that it is almost impossible to deal with people driving here on a daily basis with absolutely no money looking for opportunity and then putting up little squatter camps where there's no time for the city to put in services nor water nor get the policing going, not that the police could do anything because they are useless, but at least the services that the city of Cape Town will ultimately provide must be acknowledged they can't do it overnight. We are being overrun here because the Western Cape does actually give people a glimmer of hope, unlike the rest of the ANC-run country, Mike Newlands. Yeah, no, uh, Mike Newlands definitely deserved that stray bullet, uh, 100%, I can tell you now, because... That's just an appeal to Helen Zilla's earlier sentiments about what she called uh, economic migrants to the to the Western Cape, saying that we can't provide education because all these poor people from the Eastern Cape keep coming to our schools. And and that's exactly the sort of sentiment Mike shares. Problematic, insanely problematic sentiments. We're living in a country, not a federalist state with separatist states. The resources of South Africa belong to all those who live within it. Not the resources of the Western Cape only belong to those who live in the Western Cape or the resources of Gauteng only uh, being shared amongst those who live in Gauteng. If you feel that you want to go live in Gauteng because there's an opportunity for you to do so, do so. If you'd like to move to the Western Cape because there's an opportunity for you to do so where you can be a contributing member of that society, do so. The Western Cape government has an obligation to provide services to you whether or not you got there yesterday or whether or not you got there, I don't know, 1652. Do so. You as a South African have the right to live wherever you feel like it. Karen, is the service provision in the Western Cape, as Mike and his co describe it to be, that it is really all that great and it's a you know, it's a benchmark and a case study for what is to be done in the rest of South Africa? Um you know, uh Oliver, is this the one thing that people are not, I think that people are not really understanding is that we have a housing crisis. Uh, right now, uh, this, the, the backlog, the housing backlog is, is standing on, on close to 600,000. Wow. And, yes. And, uh, and in the streets, the homeless people in the streets, I mean, there are more than 15,000 people living in the streets of Cape Town. So, we are living in a housing crisis, but we also are living in an affordability crisis. People, during COVID, people lost their income. There are so many tenants who cannot afford to pay rent because of um, the, the, the economic uh, conditions. Uh, that we are now uh, uh, um, forced uh, into. So this uh, uh, 
this housing backlog um, is always the one thing that is being used as an excuse uh, for uh, government not to provide services, not to build uh, housing. Mm. But they haven't even started. I mean, we're 28 years into a new dawn or a democracy, and, uh, and no one has started to do this, um, especially in Cape Town. Cape Town is one of the most unequal cities in the world. Uh, because you still find um, people of color living on the periphery of the city or living out on the, uh, on the Cape Flats and being relocated uh, to, to live on the outskirts of the city. So uh, this housing uh, backlog is always being used uh, as an excuse not for government not to provide the services that they sh- are obligated to provide. And... Mm. Um, and I'm afraid things are just becoming worse by the day, mm. uh, especially for those who are affected by this housing crisis. Mm. Mm. I mean, uh, people, people who shouldn't have to occupy uh, land unlawfully or occupy buildings unlawfully. Uh, but, but because uh, of this housing backlog um, and things becoming worse by the day, it leaves people with no option but to go and occupy buildings or to go and occupy land. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, listen to some more of the voice notes that has come through. Good morning, Oliver. All I wanted to say to, to the DA, they must really come right. You know what? They can blame the ANC for corruption, but when it comes to the ANC for building houses, they build the people. For poor people, they build brick houses, not blockies. They don't build blockies. Come to Cape Town, you get a lot of blockies. Blockies, blockies door. And yesterday, and even there by uh, in Mergbos, they build blockies, blockies houses for the people. But the ANC build brick houses for the people. The DIA is not for the people. The DIA is only for the white people. Thank you very much. Good day, Oliver. It's me again, PB Daniel. Your guest is spot on. Yeah, it's just hit uh, the nail on the head. It is true, people are not where they are because they want to be there. They find themselves in that situation because of the past injustices. So as a government, you should not be choosy when it comes to saving the people. You should be saving each and every citizen of that province. That is the mandate given to you as a government. Irrespective of your constituency that voted for you, but you're representing a bigger picture here, not only your constituency. I thank you. Hi, Oliver. I think we should learn from each other. I think the problem is we look at everything in color and seem to lampoon the DA just because it's from a white party. But learn from each other. Those groups that have show progress, let's learn from each other. Let's learn from their, their strengths and not shoot them down. It's like the government trying to uh, target the private sector instead of improving their own infrastructure and resources. So I think we should do that rather than attacking the province, let's learn from and improve our own situation where we are. Thank you. Yeah, good day, Oliver. Ah, it's PP Daniel, yeah, Northwest. 
it's my first time uh, contacting uh, SAFM, but I'd just like to respond to the current uh, issue that you're discussing. That's why I skipped on this concern and the and people that were taken from area that we were because of whatever known to the government. All I can say, or oh, my contribution will be that as a government, it doesn't matter uh, what party you represent. As a government, you need to serve all the people, not only in suburbs, but everywhere across the province. That should be the standard. I thank you. Cheers. The comparison of, of, of thinking that Kayelicha, Guguletu, may be as good and clean as Cape Town cannot be. The comparison is not that fair. Even where NC is governing, Mangaung, Bisho, Buffalo City, Pulukwane, everywhere, Pulukwane, you won't find the service being the same or equivalent. People in the rural areas or townships you know by their nature, they will throw litter and do around. But in the suburbs, townships, cities, you expect people to be a bit clean. But you'll have people who will clean the street in the city, in the cities, not in the rural townships. You can't afford that because of their service rate and taxes low, the revenue. So it, what we are saying is to say, ANC, keep it up where you are governing, so that it's like where DA is. Hi, Oliver and the SAFM listeners. It's not all the whole Cape Town which is nice. Not. Not the whole Cape Town is nice. If you go to the place like Kailicha, if you go to the place like Slovo, especially in Slovo, yo, yo, people they are living sewage each and every day. Sewage is flowing like rivers each and every day. It's, it's like that children are not getting sick or it's like that people are not, are not getting sick there in Slovo because the sewage is flowing daily, daily. Ah, sales deliver in Cape Town. I think they only do it in where white minority are based, where rich people are there, not in locations. Ah, ah. It's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah, thank you so much for those voice notes. Uh, a great diversity of views coming in there and, and, and important reflections. Um, on the conditions in the city of Cape Town um, and I guess in, in, in the Western Cape more broadly. Um, you know, so, uh, Butle, I want to ask you this as, as as we reach, sort of come to the end of the conversation. Um, mm. The city of Cape Town has said that they've, they've, they've you know, 800 houses have been, um, you know, social housing units have been built by the city. Even more so will be built um, in future, especially if activists stop occupying spaces uh, and buildings that they're not supposed to so that the, these projects can get on with it. Um, very slight of hand, red herring over there. Uh, nonetheless, but Karen tells us, importantly, that the that the housing backlog sits at 600,000, 15,000 homeless people in, in, in Cape Town living on mm. the streets. 800 mm. houses is not even a percentage, uh, not even a single percent of, 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 of the crisis. What will mm. it take to solve the crisis? Does the city and the province, that's the province of the Western Cape and the city of Cape Town, have the requisite resources to be able to solve the problem? Or are we asking them to do the impossible? Mm. 
we we are not asking them to do the impossible, Oliver. And this thing of the city of Cape Town, when every time they are missing parts of land, um, they, 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 they make it seem as if they're doing people a favor. They're not doing anyone a favor. They're doing their job. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And we congratulate them um, on doing that. But we'll not praise birds for flying. We'll not praise a, a fish for swimming. That's what they're supposed to be doing. Um, but at least we're saying that that's, 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 that's a correct step forward in terms of releasing public parts of land. Um, as, as, as a transformative tool and um, fill these divisions of the past. And, of course, um, I mean, 800 uh, units of affordable housing will, will not begin to, to, to scratch the surface or to decrease the housing backlog, um, which means that there, there is more to be done. There is more to be done insofar as this is public land um, to build housing for people. It's not that people, it's not that the, 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 the government has no parts of land. It's just that there's no political willingness um, to release this, this parts of land, or rather maybe to develop on this parts of land. So it's a matter of political leadership. Um, and there is no commitment at all um, to, 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 to demonstrate that um, the premier um, of the Western Cape can take bold decisions um, yeah. with public land. Um, yeah. which is under their custodianship, um, there is no, no willingness at all. Um, yeah. If there was willingness, um, there would be a missing parts of land, such as Temple Bank, um, to build housing um, 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 for people. Um, but beyond that, uh, the danger that, 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 is, that is coming is, that, uh, is what Comrade Reverend Allen's story pointed to um, in the Temple Bank Assembly that we had. Um, mm. That to say that when, when, when a parent, uh, Oliver, has severed a child, uh, there will never be there will never be peace in that household. Yeah, um, can I, can I ask you this? Um, you, you guys are still in court with the with the Western Cape Provincial Government. What is it about? Uh, so we're in court. We're in court with with the city of Cape Town and the provincial government. Um, still on this Tafelberg case, um, we've managed to successfully stop the sale of Tafelberg. Um, in 2020, and now they are appealing some parts of the judgment, particularly to say that um, they have no 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 obligation to reverse partial apartheid by building or developing um, affordable housing in the inner city. Um, so that's 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 that, that's just some of the things that they are appealing. <laughs> so again, it shows you that um, there is there is a political leadership crisis. How how do you use tax, millions of textiles money, um, arguing that the obligation to reverse special property by building inner city housing? Um, so it's it's really upset that they are going to the FCA um, to appeal some parts of 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 of, 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 of the judgment yeah. um, that that we took them to court for, but it's in, in, in the tougher bag matter. Yeah, um, uh, Karen, just a final comment from you on this. What next? So, we will continue to put pressure on government, uh, particularly here in, in Cape Town. We'll continue to put pressure on the DA um, because uh, we do believe that they do not have the will to to uh, to to provide special justice um, as it's ruled here in the Tafelberg uh, judgment. And so 
so he's saying that uh, we'll continue to put pressure, but we also uh, just want to, just a message that we want to put out there is that we're fighting for people's dignity. Yeah. And, and for those who, those call, those people who called in um, and uh, who said uh, that uh, Cape Town is not such a bad city and, uh, People like uh, the first caller. Uh, I just want to say that uh, for us that are fighting for people's dignity and as social movements uh, who have been fighting and campaigning to ensure uh, service delivery, uh, we will continue to push because we believe that uh, we want to live in an inclusive city. Um, a city that is free of of racism, a city uh, that is free of classism uh, uh, and sexism, uh, and a city that works for all its people. Karen, thank you so much for your time uh, this, this this morning. Really, really do appreciate it. Butler boy, thank, thank you so you much for your that. time. Really, really do appreciate it. Um, and all the best uh, with the appeal and all the best with um, uh, the activism that you guys are pursuing in the Western Cape and in the city of Cape Town. I wish you all the best. That brings us to the end of the show. Thank you so much for indulging us. Thank you so much for your company. Let's continue the conversations on Twitter. Follow me, tweet me, at Oliver underscore speaking. I'm back with you here tomorrow on The Talking Points. 12 o'clock, time for your news with Mposi Tolle.